Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 134. She's going to be a solo one today. You and me, girl, we're spending time together. How are you? How are you? How am I? (laughs) How am I? Um, I am. I am. I'm going through some stuff right now some hard stuff but also some very cool stuff so (laughs) I'm actually going through or I have just started a reinvention process so four or five months ago on a call with my coach, my business coach. We were talking about my vision for my life and for my business, the vision for Warrior School. And out of that conversation, a word or a concept came up and you know I love a good concept, love a good word. So I popped that word on my post-it note and whacked it behind my computer. And it's been sitting there for about four or five months. And the word was reinvention. So I have begun a reinvention process. (laughs) And let me tell you. This shit is hard. (laughs) For those of you who have ever reinvented themselves, uh, you're going to know what I'm talking about. I have reinvented myself many times in my life, but I am going through two very significant reinventions. One reinvention is on myself but this one feels super duper hard (laughs) this time Uh, and the second reinvention is on my business is on warrior school so and this feels really hard And it feels messy and chaotic and overwhelming and there's fear and uh, there is also excitement 
and passion and desire. And, you know, like I said, I'm feeling all of the feelings. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm a little off kilter, I'm going to say. Yeah. And which is totally cool. Uh, I am in it. And when we're in something and that something is shaking our life up, uh, not even shaking it, completely knocking it on its head. Uh, And when we're shaking beliefs uh, and behaviors and ways of doing things and the story that we tell ourselves in our identity and character and, you know, everything to do with the self. Um, it's really freaking hard. So today I'm not going to talk to you about reinvention uh, because I'm in it and I, I can't you know, I'm going through the process. So I need to understand the process of these two very significant reinventions first before I can talk to you about it. Uh, But I am going to talk to you about it. I just need to reinvent myself and my business first. And then I can tell you exactly how I did it and how you can take yourself through it and who knows what's going to come out of that Uh, so I'm feeling all the feelings Uh, there is a bit of energy leakage going on but there's also a lot of really cool emotions uh, with this experience so (laughs) that's where I'm at and I thought it would be actually really cool uh, to talk about the one skill I believe every woman needs. But first, let's have a little chat about what else is going on in life. So I actually just got back from, I got my nails done. I bought a couple of new rings and I bought a really nice red silk shirt. Uh, And then I just took a picture, sent it to Carson because he, you know, he's obviously uh, here (laughs) with me uh, while I'm going through this reinvention experience, which is, you know, It's bringing a little bit of my dark side out. It's, yeah, it's very hard. So I just sent him a picture uh, of myself with my nails and my rings and my shirt. And I said to him, okay, I have got my nails done. I bought new rings. I've got the red silk shirt. And he writes back, you look hot, love. Now get to work. Uh, I think I also said in the message, okay, I'm ready for the reinvention. Uh, So what I felt like I needed after I finished at the gym this morning is I just needed to just play with my character a little bit. I I needed to do some things that kind of, um, I guess, pushed me or 
gave me a little bit of momentum into this whole idea of reinvention. So I'm standing here and I've got my nails done. I've got a couple of really cool new rings and I've got a red silk shirt on, which is super cool. And I actually want to talk to you about how to manage your mind, (laughs) which as I said, is the one skill I believe every woman needs. You need this skill. The skill is so important. But before we get into looking at how to manage your mind, and it actually popped up in two ways. One, it popped up through this reinvention process that I'm going through. I was thinking a lot about my mind and how I can manage my mind and support my mind and you know the things that my mind was going through and the second way that it popped up was I was actually doing some research and writing for my book and I came across some old notes that I had on managing your mind so I thought okay this is what we're going to do our podcast episode on because It's coming up for me, it's really important, and I believe it's the one skill that we really need to have. What else is going on? Uh, So I am doing a lot of hot cold therapy, which is very cool. I started a couple of weeks ago, and I've had experience with hot cold therapy before. More hot, (laughs) because those of you who know me, I am an Australian lizard and I love the heat. I love being hot. Love me some hot. Love me some sun, some warmth. So when I was Olympic weightlifting, we actually did it quite a bit uh, at two places. So one just south of Melbourne, there is a smaller town called Rye. And in Rye, they have natural hot springs. So every now and then we would drive down there and we would do a session at the hot springs where they have uh, varying temperature pools and cold plunges. And then I also did quite a bit of sauna work uh, when I was Olympic lifting with my coach. We would just go to the local gym and do sauna sessions as part of my recovery. Then... A couple of months ago, I heard about a place that opened up here in North Vancouver called Tality Wellness. Uh, We're just going to pause for a hot second. So you can maybe potentially hear the freaking guy across the road who is sawing cement and it's driving myself and my nervous system crazy which is probably another reason why I'm feeling all the feelings and you know I'm feeling a little dark and twisty and chaotic and messy and um, I guess overexcited is that has been rattling my nervous system for the whole week which is super fun so I it's not Wednesday it's Thursday afternoon and I'm recording this episode for you and potentially you're going to hear that drill a little bit. And I'm sorry. 
I have so much filming to do and recording, but I can't wait for him. You know, I'm on a freaking mission to reinvent myself and my business. So F you concrete man, I just have to charge ahead. So hopefully it's not too bad. I just needed to just slide that in there because you're probably thinking, what is that effing noise? And surely she shouldn't do it with that noise in the background. That's what Carson would be saying to me. You know, he'll edit it and he'll say, you shouldn't have recorded it with that noise in the background. But Carson, I'm on a reinvention, okay? All right, so I've been playing with hot cold therapy and a couple of months ago, I heard about a place called Tality Wellness, which is a local company that just opened up here in North Van. And they have a sauna, a delicious wood-fired sauna, and ice baths. So I went a couple of weeks ago on my own, Carson was camping, and I had a delicious two-hour session doing sauna and ice bath. And then we went last week and did a two-hour session together. And I bought a monthly membership. So I'm going to do it at least twice a week. And it is so delicious. It's delicious on my nervous system. It's a delicious thing for Carson and I to do together. We love doing things like that. We love training together. We love doing hot, cold therapy together. So the first time that I went there, I... The, uh, you do like a uh, cycle. So you start with a very quick plunge in the ice bath and then you go do your sauna session. You try and stay in the sauna for 10 to 15 minutes and then you come out and you hop in the ice bath. And they have what's called a six minute club there where they take your Polaroids and they pop you up if you made it to six minutes. So the first time I went there, I was like, okay, I'm going to do six minutes. (laughs) The first time I hopped in, I could only hop in for one minute. And then the next cycle came around and I set it for one minute 20. And then the timer went off and I thought, okay, I can, I can do it. I can do another minute and 20 seconds. So then I did another minute and 20 seconds. And so I ended up staying in there almost three minutes. Then the third cycle I did, I did four minutes, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, And it's extremely uncomfortable for those of you who have never done it before. And now I'm no pro. Yeah, I'm no like ice queen Wim Hof pro. But I'm just going to share my experience, you know, which is all we can really do in life. Uh, so one of the guys that was running the session, he was really great. You know, he stood there with me and really spoke, uh, he coached me through that, (laughs) the second cycle where I stayed in for, I think it was almost three minutes. Uh, and what he said to do was sit in the ice bath and settle. So do not move be still and so that really worked is this stillness and then the connection with the breath 
which, you know, if you are a Wim Hof fan or, you know, a cold therapy fan, you would totally know that the connection to the breath is really important. Now, I didn't Wim Hof breathe or hyperventilate or anything, but I definitely connected into my breath and I created stillness in my body. And the discomfort, you learn to be with it. I don't think it goes away. Uh, And yeah, from my experience, you learn to be with it. You, You stop fighting the discomfort. You allow it and welcome it in. And then almost the experience gets easier because there's no longer a resistance there, which is super cool. Uh, and so the second time I went, I did six minutes. They ran out of Polaroids, so they couldn't take my freaking picture. Uh, not that that matters, yeah? Which, you know, the mind can think that it doesn't count unless I get a photo. <laughs> so... Well, that's where my mind went anyway. But I did six minutes and I'm really excited to use this as a way to nurture my relationship with discomfort. I actually don't mind discomfort. I I really, I do welcome it now and I find opportunities that will make me very uncomfortable So I can learn to have a better relationship with discomfort. Uh, And I've done that many times in my life, you know, where I have found opportunities to step into discomfort, to learn more about it, to learn more about myself and to work with it. So it's super cool. I'm really excited. I'll probably do a podcast episode on the benefits of hot, cold therapy, or I will get someone on to talk about the benefits of hot, cold therapy, like really get into the science of, you know, how often we should do it, how hot it should be, how cold it should be. What's the science behind it? How does it help us? Um, So I'll either put together that episode or I will get someone to come on and talk about it but that's one thing I've been doing with my time uh, and I'm excited for my membership because I get to go as much as I want so I'm going to try and go twice a week and it's going to be such a delicious thing for me to do what else is going on I started to see a new acupuncturist a couple of weeks ago for my back and hip sitch and that work is going really well we had an amazing session last week my body responded really well and so I'm really excited to continue that work Uh, he is supporting me with that amazingly and we're doing some really cool work on my back and my hip And I started lifting with a barbell again this week. And I also have a little bit of a project that I have to do, which is from my coach. And that's a running project, (laughs) Uh, which was fun. Carson and I did that on Monday evening. And my calf muscles are still so sore. They still feel like lead bricks in my calves, which is very fun. 
but uh, you know, I love a good project. Even if it's running, that's totally cool. Uh, and so you will probably see through my social media, I'll keep you posted on my running project and my hot cold therapy. Okay, let's start. Let's start our podcast episode. So I was doing some research and writing for my book and I know I've had quite a few people ask about that. So I will update you in a future podcast episode. And I came across some old notes that I had on managing your mind. And I've called this podcast episode, the one skill every woman needs. Now, not just women, every human needs this skill. And that is managing our minds. So today I wanna talk about how to manage your mind. And please notice right off the bat, as we kickstart this episode, that I didn't say how to control your mind or how to change your mind. Oh, because we love us some control. (laughs) We love control. We like to think we can control the mind. But today is all about how do we manage our mind? And first, I want to offer you this. There are a lot of things in this life, in this world, in this universe that we cannot control. But there are a lot of things that we can control or manage. So when we try to control circumstances or other people, I think we can lose our friggin' minds. I think it makes us a little crazy and we get mad. We get mad at the circumstance. We get mad at other people. And when we get mad, we try to control people. We try to control things, everything, the circumstance. Basically, we do everything to avoid managing our own minds and emotions. Now, I want to say this. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. So I can't, like, I can't speak to how we, you know, manage anxiety and OCD and depression uh, you know, I'm, I'm not resourced or trained in CBT or any other type of therapy. I was exposed to acceptance and commitment therapy, so ACT therapy, uh, through my master's and working in the eating disorder space, which I'm going to speak about today. But I just wanted to chuck that out there. You know, I'm not a psych. Uh, a couple of my very close friends, psychologists, uh, I, you know, have built uh, some very cool relationships with psychologists and counselors. Uh, so I, this is not prescriptive. You know, what I'm going to talk about today isn't prescriptive. These are observations from coaching hundreds of people, hundreds of women over the past 14 years and from my own experience. And I just really wanted to highlight that. 
Okay, so the last two and a half, three years have presented a very interesting rhythm. The rhythm of the world has been very fascinating, especially to those who are awake. (laughs) And I have two observations that I've made over the last few years from this interesting rhythm of the world. The first observation is the state of one's nervous system and how much passion they have in their life has a huge impact on their responses to the things they cannot control. My second observation is when people can't control their circumstances, they get very triggered and they then try to control other people. And I'm going to repeat them again. Uh, And you may have your own observations from what's happened over the past two and a half, three years. But my observations that I've made, uh, these two, we're going to riff on them today. We're going to talk about them. And we're going to link it back into how we can powerfully manage our own minds. So my first observation that came up pretty quick when the rhythm of the world changed was that the state of our nervous system and how much passion we have in our life has a huge impact on our response to things we cannot control. And we're going to dive deep on, we're going to look at uh, how the nervous system and having a strong nervous system helps us manage our mind and why having passion in our life is really important for that as well. Then my second observation is when people can't control their circumstances, they get very triggered and then they try to control other people. And one thing that I've always said is that if you're triggered, that's your responsibility. Your triggers are your responsibility, not the circumstances responsibility, not other people's responsibility. They are your responsibility. And you need to strengthen your nervous system and then get to work on taking responsibility for your mind and your emotions. So a lot of women that I've worked with that try to control circumstances or people have the toughest time. They have a tough ride. And then the women that are attempting to regulate their nervous systems, heal their nervous system, and just control what they can, which is themselves, you know, their own thoughts, their own feelings, their own minds, their own actions, you know, which, you know, which then produces their own results. They have a much easier time in life. (laughs) So this is why I believe it's the one skill every woman needs. You need to learn how to manage your mind. So I'm going to talk about why managing our minds is super important and then how you can start to manage your mind. I'll also give you a list of things that I use to help me manage my mind. 
and it's helping me right now as we work our way through our reinvention. Okay. So one thing that popped up uh, when I was just writing a couple of notes for the episode or when I was thinking about it, I did a podcast episode with Jessica Ash and she has this concept of cleaning out her pantry, cleaning out the pantry. Basically, we have, you know, ourselves and it could and we're a pantry and we can have all of this shit in the pantry crap that's been in there for so long maybe it's off it's moldy Uh, it's very messy and chaotic and so she has this concept of like cleaning out the pantry so I was thinking about this like just like you can clean out a drawer in your kitchen or clean out your pantry or clean out a drawer in your bedroom uh, and you decide okay what am I going to keep what do I need to discard you can clean out your mind wouldn't that, that sounds nice, yeah? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you are just thinking like, oh, I would so love to freaking clean out my mind. And if only it was as easy as cleaning out my fucking pantry. Although we have to admit, you know, cleaning out a massive pantry, not so easy, yeah? Not so fun. Uh I think it can be the same when we clean out our mind. So what we can do, we can control and declutter and let go of certain thoughts and emotions. And we can choose how we want to think and feel and act. We can choose what we want to have in that pantry. And that's really powerful. So something that came up on our group coaching call in Creator Club, I think it was a few weeks ago, was that our biggest asset that we have is our mind. Our biggest asset that we have is our mind. And that was uh, shared by John, who is my very delicious, very talented Uh, very wise business coach. And so I really want you to think about that, yeah? Our biggest asset that we have is our mind. For a lot of us, I think that we spend so much time trying to control the mind or working, we feel like the mind is working against us. We don't really look at it as an asset, But that's because we're not managing our mind. If we learn how to manage our mind, our mind becomes our biggest asset. And it's the mind that we need to live a life that is so friggin' great, that allows us to do what we want to do, that, you know, it's our mind. My mind is my biggest asset right now. Well, not right now, but, uh, you know, all of the time, but I feel like it's such an asset right now because I I need to go through a reinvention. And I can't do that if I can't manage my mind or I don't view my mind as an asset. So I just wanted to slide that one out there to you. I just want you to marinate in that. And that's something I spoke about. I sent out my monthly newsletter Uh, So Warrior Words, it's my monthly newsletter. 
Uh, I sent it out into the universe this week and it was about how to believe in yourself and get turned on. If you're not on the list, I highly recommend that you sign up. Uh, we talk about, you know, all of this, this material, this stuff, you know, that we're talking about today that you've heard me talk about before. Uh, and I just send it straight to your inbox. So one of the things that I was talking about, which I, th I feel like I've lost my train of thought now. Okay, we're going to circle, we'll loop back to that. Uh, you can kind of see where my mind is at right now <laughs> as I go through my reinvention. All right, so our mind is our biggest asset. So if we know that, how do we powerfully manage our mind? And why is it important? Well, if we can't manage our mind, uh, which is essentially you know, our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, we're very much trapped by circumstances, other people, uh, social media, and we feel like we're constantly at war or there's friction in the mind. And so learning to manage it, and we're going to go through a couple of different frameworks today uh, that are really powerful to help us manage our mind. But it starts with our nervous system. So we need to keep our nervous system strong or we need to strengthen our nervous system. I want you to think of it. Uh, we talk a lot about the foundation at the bottom of the pyramid is safety and stability, nervous system regulation. If we don't have the bottom of the pyramid, how are we going to friggin expand? How are we going to do the things that we want to do in our life, in our training, with our health, in our relationships? We can't expand. We can't grow, we can't build, we can't completely reinvent ourselves because we don't have a strong nervous system. We don't have a strong foundation. We need that base. Otherwise, the shit's just going to come crumbling down. Also, we've got a dysregulated nervous system, so therefore it's super stressed, it's chaotic, it's messy. Uh, we're not sleeping. Uh, we've got, you know, coming back to looking at, okay, what, have, what are your markers telling you? What's your nervous system telling you? We need a strong nervous system. We need to be able to self-regulate. So we want to think of how is my physical base, my physical foundation? What is the state of my nervous system right now? Because... If you are trying to, or you want to manage your mind, but you don't have a regulated nervous system, you're going to have a really, really, really freaking hard time managing your mind. You're going to have a hard time doing anything if you don't have a strong nervous system. So the first thing that we need to do is either get a strong nervous system or start working on it or keep our nervous system strong. 
So that first observation that I shared, what I noticed on you know, a global scale when I was looking at how people reacted to the last two and a half, three years is that so many people's nervous systems are not strong. So many people can't regulate themselves. So then their responses to things that they can't control is they get mad and angry. Uh, They they try to control other people. They try to control and change, change people's beliefs and behaviors. So if you want to powerfully manage your mind so you can achieve your vision, so you can achieve your goals, so you can get stronger, so you can feel great in your body, so you can have better relationships, you know, think of the things that you want in your life. Now it's our mind that's stopping us from getting those things. So how do we support the mind? How do we manage the mind? The first thing is the nervous system. And this is why in warrior school, I either have a prereq for you coming into warrior school. So if your nervous system is, is super dysregulated uh, and you need to do a lot of work on food and restoring your metabolism and balancing your hormones, I refer a lot of women to Josh and Jeannie from Real Food Gangsters or Leela Lutz, who's my dear friend. And... They have to do work first on that. Now, I do work with women that are on the journey of healing their nervous systems, but they've done some foundational work already. So they're coming into warrior school with an understanding of their nervous system, uh, with a food strategy, and they're working to heal that metabolism and to rebalance their hormones. But that's why it's at the base of the pyramid of the... um, I talk about those training needs for women. And even we could just call it the foundation of needs for women. And at the bottom is safety, nervous system regulation. Then we want to dissect the facts from the emotion. In this case, we can use something like ACT therapy or Brooke Costello who runs the life school coach she has a model that she uses within the life school and that's what her whole business is built on this model and i'm actually going to talk about it and share it with you because i feel like everyone needs to know about the model brooks model it's it's amazing but i'm also going to talk about act therapy and this is something that i was exposed to while i was doing my masters in dietetics and then just Uh, just after I finished, I found two really good mentors that were dietitians that worked in the eating disorder space and they practiced ACT therapy. Uh, One of them ran a group coaching program for uh, eating disorders, mostly um, overeating and binge eating. And then the other mentor used uh, ACT therapy within her practice. So I got quite a lot of exposure to ACT therapy and I really, really like it. It's really powerful and I still use it today in my coaching. And then I'll share Brooke's model with you. Uh, And one might resonate more than the other with you, but I'm hoping that 
looking at these two frameworks will help you dissect the facts from the emotion. So the first framework, or it's a, it could be a model, is we're going to look at ACT therapy. So ACT therapy is acceptance and commitment therapy, and it's a mindfulness-based behavior therapy. And it's like this eclectic mix uh, of like metaphor, paradox, mindfulness skills, along with a wide range of um, like exercises and guided, I guess, behavioral interventions. So let's just say there's an eclectic, eclectic uh, mix of things within ACT therapy. So the goal of ACT is to create a rich and meaningful life. Hell yeah, we all want a rich and meaningful life while accepting the pain that inevitably goes with it. And I love this. So the goal of ACT is to create a rich and meaningful life while accepting that it also comes with pain and discomfort and it can be hard. So ACT, it's just a really cool abbreviation for acceptance and commitment therapy because this therapy is about taking action and that action is guided by our deepest values and we also need to be fully present and engaged to practice act the reason why one of the reasons why i love this is because it's guided by our deepest values and i love values also it's about taking action and i'm an action gal yeah i Love me some action. Love taking action. So I think it's only through mindful action that we can really create our dream life, a meaningful life, a life that we want to live. You know, that's why we're, we're on this journey on the long way home. And yes, women come to me in warrior school and it's about training and it's about their actual physical body. But really what we do in warrior school is through mindful action and action, one of those things being training, we're on the mission to create a meaningful life. And so when I talk about this whole concept of taking the long way home, home, yes, is, is your body. It, can, it could also be your life. You know, coming back home, coming back into your life and that journey, taking that long road home or that long way home, the whole reason we're on it is to create a meaningful life, to build a life that turns us on, to, you know, build a body that carries us through this meaningful life on our own terms. And of course, as we attempt to create a life like that, we will encounter all sorts of challenges and barriers and obstacles, and they can be in the form of unpleasant and unwanted thoughts and emotions, <laughs> feelings or sensations or urges or memories. 
And so what ACT does, it teaches mindfulness skills as an effective way to handle these. They call them private experiences, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they have this label for like these unwanted and unpleasant, um, you know, feelings or sensations or thoughts or memories or images or or urges, I think they call it private experiences, which I kind of like, you know, it's this private experience that we have in our head, in our mind. So basically ACT teaches uh, certain skills and it has six core principles. So the first one is diffusion. The second one is acceptance. The third one is uh, contact with the present moment. So about it's about being present. The fourth one is observing self. Fifth one, values. Sixth one is committed action. So I just wanted to run through just maybe the first one uh, and then I'll give you a little bit of a definition for the next five. Uh, And if you're super interested in ACT, I'll pop the link in the show notes. Uh, There's an amazing book by Russ Harris who uh, is a practitioner in Melbourne who I've had the privilege of meeting before. Uh, And he wrote a book called Act Made Simple. And it's actually a really cool book if you are a coach, uh, even if if you're a teacher, even if you're a parent, I think it can be a really powerful uh, book for you. So let's just, let's riff on the first principle uh, and I'll give you a little bit of an insight into kind of how it works. So the first principle is diffusion. And so in the state of, uh, they call it cognitive diffusion, we are caught up in language. So we've, um, so we've got, you know, our thoughts and our thoughts to us seem to be the truth. So in my email that I sent out on believing hard and getting turned on, I was speaking about like, you know, what is a belief? And a belief is just a thought, thought over and over and over and over again till it becomes a belief and we believe in it. Uh, And a a lot of the times we believe it's true, uh, even when it's potentially not. So our thoughts seem to be the truth to us or, you know, a rule that we must um, obey. And... It could be, you know, it could require a lot of our attention or it could feel really threatening and we feel like we want to get rid of it. So in other words, when we fuse with our thoughts, they have an enormous influence over our behavior. So the way that I always explain it and the thing that resonated with me the most when I was um, learning about diffusion uh, is that we have thoughts that come into our mind, but these thoughts are just made up of words that are made up of letters. And it's when we attach to the thought that it has enormous influence over our behavior. If we can diffuse it and not attach to it, it's just a thought which is made up of words, which is made up of letters. And the example that I love to give (laughs) is that, have you ever been standing on the corner you know, waiting to cross the street and you see a bus and the bus is like flying past and you have this thought of, 
huh, I wonder what it would be like if I stepped out in front of the bus. Now, this is not from my dark side. You know, I have no suicidal thoughts, um, you know, and I'm not taking that away or making light of that at all. I'm just using this as an example of a thought that comes into your mind that is so freaking random. And of course, you know, you don't want to step in front of the bus, but it just came into your mind. Where the friggin' hell did it come from? Well, it's just made up of words, which are made up of letters. And it just forms a thought and it just comes into our mind. It doesn't mean anything. We can just let that thought go. And obviously I don't fuse with that thought. I don't attach to it. So therefore it doesn't have enormous influence over my behavior. And I could, you know, we could think of a thousand examples of just these thoughts that come into our mind that we can also almost feel shame for thinking them. And that's a really big one. Uh, And I have to do a lot of work with women around their thought patterns or their beliefs uh, and really diffusing them because they feel a lot of shame around the thoughts that they have. But we have to remember that they're just made up of words, which are made up of letters. And, you know, we feel like they're the literal truth, but they're not. It's only because we're fusing with them, we're attaching to them, that we have them then over and over and over again, that then they become a belief and then we feel like it's true. So when we diffuse, what we're really doing is we're looking at stepping back. Step on back, away from that curb. <laughs> no, just step on back. And I, we want to look at observing language. And this is really key. We want to look at the language without being caught up in it. So then we can recognize once we step back that our thoughts are nothing more or less than being very transient. They come and they go. Yeah, I think, I don't know what the stat is, but we probably have like 60,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of them will come and go. But say one keeps popping up every day or multiple times a day. Okay, it's less transient. It's a bit more fused. It's a bit more stuck. And so then we start to fuse with that. And that's when it becomes a problem. So if you look through a lot of ACT um, research or writings, you'll find um, so many uh, diffusion techniques, which is super cool. So they have these core principles and then you know, under the principles, they have all of these techniques that you can learn uh, as a practitioner and even as for yourself. So there are, there are hundreds of different techniques. And I'm just going to give you an example of one technique. So to deal with an unpleasant thought, and that could be about yourself, it could be about your body, it could be about someone else, we might simply observe it with detachment. So we can step out. Uh, One of the things that we would say a lot, uh, especially in the eating disorder space, is when someone has a lot of thoughts around food or their body or themselves, we, we would say, thanks, mind. So we would actually observe it 
as a detached, um, um, with detachment. So we would say, thanks mind, but actually that thought isn't helpful right now. Or we could repeat it over and over out loud until it just becomes a meaningless sound. Or we could imagine the voice in a cartoon character. Or another one that I really liked was to sing it in, ha in a happy birthday tune. <laughs> uh, so there are so many different techniques uh, that ACT teaches you to diffuse with that thought. Uh, so imagine singing the thought. So pick a, you know, maybe you can pick an unpleasant thought that you have, that you have often, that has all pro probably become a belief about yourself. Now I want you to sing that thought in happy birthday tune. Pause it, pause the podcast right now and sing it in a happy birthday tune or just say it over, repeat it over and over out loud until it just becomes a meaningless sound. And then we're gonna go through a simple exercise in cognitive diffusion for yourself. Okay, so step one. Bring to mind an upsetting or reoccurring negative self-judgment that takes the form I am, such as I am incompetent or I am lazy or I am fat or I am stupid or I am not worthy. Hold that thought in your mind for several seconds and you probably, you probably think this all the time, so it's probably a belief, yeah? So pretty quickly, you're probably going to notice how it affects you. You're probably going to start to get um, a feeling or a sensation that's come up in the body. Now take the thought, I am, and insert this phrase in front of it. I'm having the thought that. Now run that thought again. This time with the new phrase and notice what happens. So what happens is that, uh, and maybe not right away, it maybe takes time and practice, that most people notice a distance from the thought, that it has a bit of a less of an impact uh, just by putting the phrase, I'm having the thought that. So you're cutting the fuse with the thought. You aren't X, you're having the thought that you are. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to change um, the relationship with the thought. And now it can just be seen as words because I'm having the thought that I can't do this reinvention. I'm having the thought that I'm not worthy of a reinvention. I'm having the thought that this reinvention is going to be too hard. So that's diffusion, which is super powerful. And the first principle, I'm just going to have a sip of my coconut water because we look like we're doing a, a marathon uh, podcast episode here. Okay, the second one is acceptance. And I'm not going to go through examples for every single one, 
But acceptance is making room for unpleasant feelings, sensations and urges and other, you know, private experiences and allowing them to come and go without struggling with them or, you know, running or and hiding from them, without wrestling them or without actually giving them so much attention. We just want to accept that, yeah, we're going to have thoughts and those thoughts are going to potentially create some feelings or some emotions or some sensations in our body and they're going to be uncomfortable. But we just got to accept that and we've got to allow them to come and go. Then the third one is connect with the present moment. So bringing full awareness to the here and now experience. And we need to do that. We need to be open. We need to be curious. Um, you know, we need to be interested. We need to be receptive. Um, we want to focus on and engage fully in whatever you're doing. So, you know, when you had that thought, what were you doing? And can you bring yourself into the present moment? So what, what are you doing right now? Are you aware of your environment, what you're doing with your body? Are you just, are you open and interested about what's happening? Then the next one is the observing self. And this is just really looking at your sense of self. And that it's a continuity of consciousness that is unchanging, ever-present and really it kind of has an armor to harm <laughs> so from this perspective it is possible to experience directly that you are not your thoughts feelings memories urges you know sensations images roles or physical body so the observing self is about the sense of self and it is really just a continuity of consciousness that is unchanging okay you, you always have your um, sense of self and it really has a really cool armor to harm. And so when we can uh, really step back and say that, you know, I am not this thought or this feeling or this sensation. I am having it, but I have a sense of self. And then the values is the next one. And we really need to connect back into our values. So what is the most important to us? deep inside like deep in our soul or our ovaries or our heart you know what sort of person do you want to be like who are you what do you want to be what is important to you what's meaningful to you what do you want to stand for in this life so it's a reconnection to your values and then the last one the sixth principle is committed action so it's about setting goals guided by your values and taking effective action to achieve them. And that is ACT therapy, which is really cool. The second framework or model that we could use uh, or that I just wanted to invite you to uh, think about or just create some exposure to you is Brooks model the self-coaching model and it's you know it's one tool that 
she believes you need to change anything in your life by and it helps you understand how your circumstances thoughts feelings actions and results work uh, so I'm going to share it with you she says that your thoughts create your feelings your feelings create your actions and your actions create your results so the way that she describes it is we have a circumstance and that circumstance will trigger a thought and the thought will create a feeling and our feelings create our actions and then our actions create our results or our reality you know our how we're actually living And so a circumstance is a neutral fact. It just is. It's a circumstance. And often we might not be able to control that circumstance. And a thought, as I said, is just a sentence in your head about the circumstance. Uh, And remember that sentence is made up of words which have made up of letters. And then a feeling is just, she calls it a vibration in your body caused by a thought. And so you could call it vibration. I call it a sensation. So a feeling is a sensation in your body because often we actually physically feel them in places. You know, like you might feel it in your gut or your chest or... So a feeling is a vibration or a sensation in your body and it's caused by a thought. Action is what your feelings cause you to do. So we feel something and then we we have an action based on that feeling. And the result is the consequence of the action. So the way that she uses her model in, uh, with the self-coaching model in the life school is that you know, by changing your thoughts, you change your results or you change your reality, you change your life. And so she uses this model, which is C-T-F-A-R. And they work through that in the life uh, coach school. Now, I haven't done Brooke's life coach school Uh, she's done a few podcast episodes on it she's also got the model uh, on her website which I'll pop in the show notes and I invite you to have a look at it we've speak we've spoken about it once inside of warrior school in an internal event uh, when we were looking at our mindset around training and so I shared this with my warriors uh, just to have some exposure to a model or a framework you know, when it comes to our mind and, you know, wanting to manage it, it can be really overwhelming, really frustrating. And this is, we weren't taught how to do that. You know, in warrior school, one of like my missions is to teach women all the things that they weren't taught in school around their physiology, their training, their nutrition, how to manage their mind. You know, we weren't taught this. So when we can create a framework or a model or a system or a strategy, it really helps us. It helps us from a nervous system perspective, but it also helps us to actually take action to manage our mind. So using ACT therapy or Brooks, you know, model around um, circumstances thoughts feelings actions results can be really powerful and really helpful for you so I did say to you that I would share some ways for how I manage my mind and how I coach women in warrior school to manage their mind 
So I've spoken about uh, keeping your nervous system strong. So food, sleep, rest, sunlight, walking, movement. We always have a nervous system first approach. And then we've spoken a lot about dissecting the facts from the emotion. And so in this case, we spoke about using something like ACT therapy or Brooks model. So we're really looking at the circumstance. We're looking at the thought that pops up, the feeling that we feel in the body, the action that we take, and then the result as a consequence of the action. And by changing the thought, we can change how we feel, which therefore changes the action, which then therefore will actually change the result. Okay, also, this is, I also do this. I get rational people around me. <laughs> uh, I have a very wise board of directors, I call them. So I have some very rational, important people in my life that I pull, uh, pull to the table to seek you know, counsel from when I'm stuck with uh, a thought or an emotion. And so that I think is really important. You know, who is on your board of directors? Do you have rational people around you? And what's really important, those rational people need to have a strong freaking nervous system. I wouldn't be taking advice from old, you know, Joe over there that has a rattled nervous system. You know, I know Joe and sorry, Joe, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he has not a strong nervous system and he actually doesn't, he's not able to manage his mind. And so we need to be careful about who we put on our board of direct, board of directors. And of course, I'm not saying that my nervous system is perfect and everyone on my board of directors nervous systems perfect. You know, I have all of these perfect rational people around me. No, it's not about getting a perfect board of directors or a perfect um, nervous system, but can I get people on my board of directors? Can I get rational people around me that actually do have regulated nervous systems, have actually done some of the work around managing their mind? That is the third thing that I do. And then the fourth thing that I do is I just focus on my mission, on my vision, on the bigger picture. Uh, and I really say to myself, you know, would I let that one thought destroy that, destroy my vision, destroy my mission? You know, and I could have this, this thought that I'm having right now around this reinvention is, you know, you don't even have the right to reinvent the business. Or if you reinvent the business, you're going to lose everyone that came to you because it's going to look very different. And if I fused with that thought, that one thought, it's going to destroy the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is all about my vision and about the business that I want to build and create, the work that I want to do that lights me up, that I'm so passionate about it. So we can't let one thought destroy the bigger picture. And again, the more clear we are on the vision or the bigger picture, the less likely that this thought 
um, you know, or our mind or our emotions destroy that. Okay, so as I said, none of this is prescriptive, okay? Just my observations. Uh, and if you need support in learning how to manage your mind and you need, you know, someone on your board of directors or your wise counsel, come and check out Warrior School. It's my online coaching program for women who are over 40 and want to redefine their relationship with their body and themselves. And we take all of these, you know, all of these things, all of this material and we apply it. And I would love to have you join me. We are taking applications for September. So head to warriorschool.card with two A's.co and you can apply apply it's an application-based program and if that application is successful I invite you for a free discovery call and we dig deep on where you where you're at with your health with your training with your goals with your mind <laughs> uh, and then you know if you're accepted into warrior school I start helping you redefine your relationship with yourself and with your body so you can live a life that is on your own terms, that's on fire, that you love. Check it out. Okay, warrior, thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate you. I appreciate you whacking me in your ears. Uh, there was a lot in this one. I guess I was just on fire because of my red shirt and my nails. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.